3: This is the Lombardi line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Stormy Tony with you, alongside Mike Sawmich, who is kind enough to fill in for us while well, Michael Lombardi is getting some well deserved time away. You can catch Mike every weekend right here on the network on the handle, 12 to 3 Eastern, alongside Matt Brown every Saturday and Sunday. Also, RacingDudes.com, which might you, you are already, when you're writing stuff for vSon.com and RacingDudes.com, you're already looking ahead to the Kentucky Derby, which I love.
4: Yeah, we had a nice primer there uh, that we put out on Tuesday over at vcin.com with some of the the top candidates to win the Derby. And this year's class is... We'll say it's a mess and be nice. Uh, it, it, we've had the the winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile comeback, He ran absolutely horrible fierceness last first out. We're going to see him one more time in the Florida Derby. He's currently 12 to 1. Your favorite right now, Sierra Leone, a Chad Brown trainee, who is a very big horse, cost $2.3 million at auction, but he's a dead closer who's not that athletic. That's a very tough style to be able to run and win in the Kentucky Derby. We saw Timberlake win a big prep last weekend. He's a horse who you have really serious distance concerns getting the mile and a quarter. And then to me, the wild card forever young, a Japanese horse who's a perfect four for four, won the Saudi Derby this last weekend. There will be a Japanese horse that wins the Kentucky Derby. It's a it's a if question, not a when question. And and this year seems like it could be that year we have that horse come over and
5: do it
3: come for the horse racing and betting knowledge stay for the names Timberlake forever young it doesn't get much better than that um, also coming up this hour we'll talk a little NFL combine Eric Froton of NFL media RotoWire, NBC supports he's going to join us give us a little bit of the lowdown of what's been going on in Indy and some of his thoughts looking ahead to the NFL draft in April we'll also get a little hockey talk in Nick Alberga the golden muzzy best Twitter handle in the game does a great job hosting the NHL fantasy on ice podcast Leafs morning tape get his thoughts on what is a loaded slate in the NHL coming up today. He'll join us in 15 minutes, but let's get started here talking on a little hoops because last night I had a bad beat, as you know well, with the Clippers. Still remarkable that the Lakers somehow down 21 in the fourth quarter, come back to win. There's another bad beat, not for me, but for anybody who had Auburn yesterday plus the points. You're up eight in the second half. You end up losing by eight. Just not fun all around. So now we need to push this forward in a positive way tonight Mike what are some of the marquee games that you're looking at
4: well first off Stormy let's let's be positive about last night yes you you lost that Clippers game in horrific fashion at least it was the late game, so you couldn't steam off any other games. You know, you used to go to bed mad versus be able to bet mad, which is uh, always yep. a better thing in that sense. I'm looking forward to this Gonzaga-San Francisco game tonight. I think it's one of those games that you kind of sleep on because not many people talking about these San Francisco Dons, but they're very good team. They're 11-3 and three in conference, just a game back of Gonzaga. And you've got Gonzaga, who's been a perennial power, sitting there at number 23. Currently on the bubble to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, This game opened at, uh, at Gonzaga minus four and a half. We saw it get bet down to San Francisco or bet down to minus three and a half for Gonzaga. There's been a little bit of San Francisco or Gonzaga money that's come back into the market to move this to four. I agree with the dog play here. This was a game where they played earlier in the season at Gonzaga. It was a 77-72 final. The game was very close for 30 minutes. Gonzaga went on a run, which they often do on their home court, later in the second half to kind of open it up a little bit. San Francisco brought that game back a little bit more. But the fact for me is that the turnover differential in that first game was key. San Francisco turned the ball over 15 times. Gonzaga just seven. Both of those are anomalies for them. Gonzaga usually turns it over more, San Francisco less. Now we flip the home court and you should expect a better, more patient game from San Francisco there. I would take the points here with the Dons at home.
3: Is it weird? Like I know Gonzaga is the number 23 ranked team in the country, but is it weird not to see them at the top of the rankings and not just ripping off at like 28 wins? Like it just feels odd that Gonzaga isn't the team that they've been in years past with Mark Few.
4: It does. I mean, they have become a blue blood in a lot of ways in college basketball, consistently a top three seed after they had their Cinderella runs in the tournament. And it's one of those that you just expect to be there every single March at this point in this season. They're struggling, not nearly as good offensively as we've seen in the past seasons. Don't have the big time stars that they've had in the past seasons. You're not going to see a a top NBA draft pick, which we've seen from them. So it's, it's a different Gonzaga team. Now, they are still good. They're just not great. They're not a national title contender. We've become used to that when we talk about the team from Spokane.
3: Also in the Pac-12 today, which I feel like every time I say Pac-12, I get a little bit of sadness and nostalgia Mm. pumping (laughs) through my veins since I know this is the end of the road here for the conference. But USC at 11 and 16, they're at Washington State, the number 19 ranked team in the country who has really come on as of late. Uh, Washington State laying seven and a half, total 138 and a half. Any thoughts there?
4: This is one of my bets for the day. I already bet Washington State laying the seven and a half. And this is a situational spot for me. USC coming off their only conference road win, but that was at UCLA. So not totally a road game, but that was in a lot of ways, their Super Bowl in that spot. They're they're not going to make the tournament this year. It's been a down season for USC. They've really struggled in conference. And so to get that win over UCLA, I think that that kind of puts them in a little bit of a a negative spot here coming into uh, into Washington State. And you flip it over and look at Washington State. They had the huge win at Arizona. You saw the letdown game against Arizona State where they lost outright. I think now you get home. You'll get get you get, you'll go home. You get to play at Pullman. You get to play in front of that crowd. I think you're going to see a very energized Washington State team. So you've got a positive spot for Washington State, a negative spot for UFC, USC. I think Washington State covers tonight.
3: Okay. Eight games coming up in the NBA later today as well. And I know off the top of the show, we talked a little about, bit about the Nuggets. They had that win over Sacramento yesterday, which was kind of wonky. It was a slow start. They came on strong the rest of the way. They just look like they are going to be a bear to face in the Western conference down the road. They're laying five right now at home against the heat total two twelve and a half. 12 and a half. I still haven't seen anything about Nikola Jokic come out just yet. We have ticked back up though, from that four and a half to the five. Do you still feel comfortable laying that number right now?
4: I do. I, to me, Denver's the right side in this spot. We we talk about the back-to-back for Denver here, but I think the Heat are at a bit more bigger disadvantage. They have played on the West Coast since the All-Star break. This is going to be their third game in four nights, all of them on the road, all of them in a different time zone. We saw this Heat team is a little, they, they're not at full strength right now. I, to me, this is a spot where you want to be on Denver and, and the Jokic part of it's key. The, there is not as much depth in Denver as we've seen. They need Jokic out there to be able to really put together their best efforts, but this is a tough place to play in Denver. 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 They're they're, uh, They've got 20 wins at home so far this season. I think they keep it rolling here. I bet a little bit at four and a half during a break. I'm going to wait and see if Jokic is officially announced. If he is, I make this game closer to seven than I do Mm. the five. So I I'm going to have that play in there four and a half. If he doesn't play, I may try and buy out of it. If he does play and I can get a number here at the four and a half, five, five and a half number, I'll, I'll double down on that bet. But I think Denver's the right side tonight. If they're at full strength.
3: Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. Like I mentioned, too, four straight wins, all of them by 15 or more points so far, and only having to lay five in the spot feels like something that you want to grab on if they end up having their guys. Golden State laying four and a half on the road at the Knicks tonight as well. They've been playing good basketball lately, 110 of their last 12. Clay coming off the bench feels like it's been a real positive for them. The Knicks, meanwhile, a little bit off. They're dealing with health issues as well. Total in this one, 222. I don't hate laying it with Golden State here, although I may regret saying that.
4: Yeah, I would I would lean toward Golden State. I didn't play this game. The the Knicks injury issues are a big key here. Brunson was out last game. No no uh, OG Ananobi. Uh, Randall's still out. Have not seen him play. So we'll see if they get anybody back tonight. That's the key for the Knicks here. They're just playing with a a well, they're playing with an arm tie behind their back right now because of the stars that they are missing. Golden State, on the other hand, has been playing very good basketball. Uh, You mentioned the streak that they're currently on. They seem to be one of those teams that's starting to get some buzz in the Western Conference, and they need wins right now. They need to try and get as far away from that in as possible right now, the Lakers and the golden state both sitting there in the play in positions. I, I would lay, lean toward laying it here with the Warriors, but this is the one that's made in the account. I, it's just a tough spot for them, especially if we end up hearing that we're going to have some Knicks back in this game.
3: Yeah, I haven't bet this one yet either. I just keep on, like, especially when you look at the record of the Knicks against winning teams and just the way that it hasn't really gone for them from a health standpoint. Everything keeps telling me Golden State. I don't know if the, I'll be able to get there. Another one I'm considering, I laid it a couple times already this week with the Thunder and they're an 11-point favorite on the road against San Antonio again. I know you're probably not going to make a ton of money long term laying double digits in the NBA, but this Thunder team has just been so good and the Spurs aren't exactly a team that I believe in.
4: No, they aren't, and and the Spurs haven't been playing great basketball either. So, this is one of those spots. Though, again, eleven just is—it's a lot of points on the road to lay here. I would be more interested in looking toward the total. I think two thirty-eight is a little bit too low. Both these teams play pretty quickly, and uh, defensive efficiency-wise, the Thunder—they're—they're a bottom-five team from a defensive defensive efficiency perspective. I wouldn't be shocked
3: if we see this one go over tonight. The way I actually ended up playing this—and don't judge me—it'll be in one of my official bets at the end of the show. I did the Thunder in a four-point teaser. So they're just minus seven and I paired it with the Hawks plus five and a half. So this is the way that I'm living my life today, Mike.
1: Well,
4: I, I, um, Stormy, I'll, I'll just say this. Teasing basketball is not a great idea. I, I would recommend not teasing basketball listen. games, but uh, hey, it's uh, live your
3: life. <laughs> exactly. So uh, listen, I I feel like everyone on this network probably hates me because I just go rogue sometimes. It's not something that uh, I do on a daily basis, but I sometimes just feel more comfortable with wiggle room. And is it are you paying a tax for it? Yes. Is it probably stupid? Yes. But I just need a little comfort sometimes.
4: I think it's important to know that betting is is each person's own prerogative as well. You decide how you want to spend your money. And and I'm never going to knock people for doing things. It's just there are certain things that long term aren't going to be profitable. Teasing basketball is one of those. But you, most people are betting sports to enjoy it. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you enjoy doing it, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Yeah, there's there's better things statistically you can do long-term, but if you're enjoying it, that's the whole point. A lot of people aren't out here betting to try and make a living. And so you don't have to have everything as a plus EV bet. If you're betting to just enjoy it, because a lot of times you want to have fun with it. You want to have some sweat on the game. And so I, I, I would not recommend teasing NBA, but I also understand why people do it.
3: The, this Hawks team, by the way, has taken a little bit of money. We're just at one right now, Atlanta at the Nets. And I faded the Nets the other day against the Grizzlies and it crushed my soul. But that's the only good game that they have had. Like they've only played well in that game against the Grizz, which we can all admit is a fluke at this point. Right. It has to be. And then also the Spurs. And so, like, come on.
4: Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, I, I don't know, Stormy. Maybe every time you bet against the Nets, that's when they play well. Maybe. So maybe that's a hint that we should be on the Nets tonight.
3: I am a hot mess of a woman. Why did you have to say that out loud? We are going to take a quick timeout here. When we come back, we'll get some good plays from our guy, Nick Alberga. Dive into the National Hockey League slate. 12 games on tap. Mike's got some bets. Nick's got some bets. I've got one I'm thinking about. We'll be right back on the Lombardi line.
2: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy
7: Bonatone, on VSIN,
2: the sports betting network.
3: Baseball is back, and what better way to hit off the grapefruit and cactus leagues than with VSIN's free MLB betting primer? This primer will tell you how to bet on spring training and continues all season long with our VSIN experts' World Series futures analysis. Our free Major League Baseball betting primer has basic baseball betting advice for anybody new to betting MLB, plus a breakdown on how to use saber metrics for more data-driven bettors, make this your best season yet. Bet the MLB smarter with our vsin free MLB betting primer, v slash guide. That's V-S-I-N.com slash guide. And while Major League Baseball is just getting started, the National Hockey League is in full swing. April in the playoffs, will be here before we know it. Mike Somich and Stormy Tony with you here on the Lombardi line as we welcome into the show, great friend we haven't had on for a while, so excited to welcome in Nick Alberga, host of the Leafs Morning Take, the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. You can catch his written work on Leafs Nation. What's going on at the Golden Muzzy? I've missed saying that.
7: Wow, Stormy, <laughs> thank you so much. Great to see that face once again. And thank you for also reminding me that Shohei Otani went to the Dodgers and not the Blue Jays. So it was just getting over that. And now you've reminded me. So I appreciate that. I
3: didn't mean to break your heart. I apologize for that one. But yeah, baseball season will be interesting with the way a lot of people have been moving places. I know you're gearing up for the trade deadline here in the NHL.
7: Yeah, it's coming up in about a week. And I think uh, to correlate that to the NHL betting market, you want to think about some teams that are going to be sellers that maybe. Uh, the price may look uh, good on any given night, but then they pull a guy from the lineup. And next thing you know, the, uh, the roster is not as strong. I think one team I would look at specifically um, is the Calgary Flames moving forward. They made a trade last night, trading Chris Tanneff to the Dallas Stars. That's going to continue. Noah Hannafin is the top defenseman on the market now. He's still out there. They might even trade uh, Jacob Markstrom, who's their number one netminder. So I think from a betting point of view, um, you know, I, I would correlate that to the futures market, certainly teams that are going to bulk up between now and next Friday and also teams that are looking to sell and how you attack that at a day-by-day basis here.
4: Yeah. Another team that I'm keeping my eye on. I'm a St. Louis blues fan. It sounds like Pablo Boonevich is going to be moving on from the blues at some point before the deadline. So that's another team I'd, I'd keep an eye on for who is in and out of the lineup as they move forward. One game you like tonight, I'm on the opposite side. So I'm excited to talk about this one. You've got the Islanders minus one Oh five on the money line. I took the wings minus 115. I thought they played a lot better specifically over the
7: last 10, but you like the Isles tonight. What do you like about the Isles? This is a tough one, I'll be honest. But uh, when I bet this time of year, I try to bet smart. And with that in mind, teams who just direly need two points. I think you talked about the matchup. The New York Islanders, uh, maybe I'm in the minority. I still think they have a legit shot to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. They brought in Patrick Waugh a couple weeks back. Mixed reviews so far. But I think, obviously, they got to start racking up some points. So you look at this spot tonight. I like it for a variety of reasons. You're playing a red-hot Detroit Red Wings team. They've won six in a row. Having said that, this will be their fifth game. In eight days and fatigue does play a factor but believe it or not in this in this league and i think at that price i'm willing to sniff around uh the islanders and i think we've realized so many times night after night in this nhl world any anybody could beat anybody like you look back on monday the islanders going to dallas they beat the dallas stars who as mentioned are one of the better teams in this league so i think the islanders will ride that momentum it's imperative they go on a ru- on a run here and i think You talk about the standings, too. Detroit's one of those teams they're chasing, too. So give me the Red Wings tonight.
3: Mike, why are you on the other side?
7: I've been impressed with the way that the Red Wings have played the last 10 games. We've seen them really push forward and play
4: better hockey. They're scoring the puck a lot better. We've seen uh, Kane start to really get integrated into this lineup for Detroit. And it's just a situation where I want the hot team versus the team where they, you're right. The Islanders need every point they can get. I feel like Detroit's in that same spot though. They feel like they need every point they can get to make the playoffs and Detroit been very good at home. The Isles have struggled on the road so far. And it's interesting. You mentioned the price where you're willing to take a shot. The price is really what leaded me toward the wing. As well, here. I thought this should be closer to minus 130, minus 140, and we're getting about a pick in the game.
7: Yeah, that's fair. And I think to piggyback off that, depending on who you like, I think you could look at the prop market too. Uh, Alex Debrinkit's slowly catching fire. He had sort of a midway point through the season where he couldn't find a goal. I think it was like 20 some odd games. And now he's starting to catch fire. Patrick Kane has been unbelievable lately, guys, so if you want to sniff at over a point and a half, I think you would look there. The shot prop, too. Um, as for the Islanders, I think I'll be playing the Matthew Barzell shot prop. He's been incredible this year, so I would look there, too. There's a variety of different ways you can tackle and angles as well, so you don't have to specifically, as we know, two sides here.
3: Nick Alberga Leafs morning take in the NHL fantasy on ice podcast, joining us here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Curious what's going on with Boston right now that six straight games now have gone to overtime or a shootout seven of their last eight. What's going on there?
7: Well, what's going on is Nick Alberga's is winning money. Pounding. this. I love this (laughs) because, because guys, you know, I cover the Toronto Maple Leafs and the big story for that team in the first half, it was insane. Every game was going to overtime. Like they couldn't win a game in regulation. And now, obviously, the rivals, one of the top rivals of Toronto was the Boston Bruins. This is happening to them. I I think the right play in this game is to ride this game to OT. It's like looking at like plus 300. I've, I've smashed it in four straight games and feeling really, really good. It's the dreaded first game back as well from a, a road trip for the Boston Bruins. And then to add to that stormy, as you know, um, you know, Bruce Cassidy returning to the garden once again with a shiny Stanley cup ring. So I think that factors into the, the, the big price of this game, but I, I think that's the play. That's probably the way I'm playing this game. And it's sort of funny, but I think you talk about value. The numbers tell it for themselves and, Uh, The fact that it's been that many games in a row, I think you sort of have to play tonight. Yeah, Boston with 14 overtime losses already
4: tied with the aforementioned Islanders for the most in the league in the overtime category losses there. Uh, Let's let's transition over and let's look a little Pacific Northwest hockey. here. We've got the Penguins headed in to take on the Kraken. Uh, I almost played the Kraken in this spot, but I couldn't get myself to do it. I don't love this Pittsburgh team. You're taking a different route. What do you like in this game?
7: Yeah, so I'm looking at the over-under. Uh, you're right. Like Pittsburgh, I have no clue which team's going to show up on a nightly basis. Like They still have stud after stud after stud on that roster. They've had a really disappointing season. They're aging. They don't know what to do with their core. Jake Gensel's a guy who's injured. He's probably going to get dealt between now and next Friday. And he's the biggest name out there right now. But I, I think what I'm going to play... Is the under, if you can find the, the six and a half number, I even played it at five and a half today. I don't know uh, why I did that, but I'm just going to play a hunch. Uh, four or five all-time meetings I've hit the under between Seattle and Pittsburgh. So I'm going to ride that. And on top of that, we talk about the importance, guys, of games this time of year. Seattle's still fighting to a degree for their playoff lives and and Pittsburgh just needs every game. I mean, they're gonna decide, I would think, in the next over a couple games, two more games or so, what they're gonna do ahead of the March eighth trade deadline. Like they could be full on sellers for the first time in a long period of time. So keep that in the back of your mind. But I expect like a low scoring, uh low event type hockey game tonight.
3: You mentioned covering the Leafs. Austin Matthews has gone back to back games now without scoring a goal after a stretch of scoring 10 in five. You like him for an anytime goal tonight against the Coyotes. Why does he get back on track against this Arizona team?
7: Well, A, pulling on the heartstrings a bit. I mean, you look back to last Wednesday, uh, Matthews is from Arizona. He went to that uh, 5,000-person barn at Mullet Arena. It's a joke they play there at a college arena, by the way. But he scores number 50, his uh, second career 50-goal season. He scored two in that game. So you start with that narrative that I always like to build when they play Arizona. And on top of that, as you referenced, like 52 and 57 is insane, guys. And I think a price that I still like is uh, Austin Matthews to win the Hart Trophy for the second time in his career. If he gets to 70 goals, I think he gets it. And currently he's on pace for 74. And that's because somebody hasn't hit 70 in, in 31 years, if you can consider that. So, I mean, it, it really is incredible. incredible. And I think when you look at this game, you look at Arizona, they've dropped 13 straight games, too. So I think everything is leaning towards the Maple Leafs. Uh, Matthews, the hometown kid, too, playing at, on home ice in this game as well, hasn't scored in two games. and. When you have 52 and 57, I like your odds of scoring.
4: Now, now Nick, I grew up on hockey in St. Louis in the early 90s. So I saw Brett Hall go 50 goals in 50 games consistently. We saw McDavid flirt with that last year. Matthew sort of flirted with that this year. Do we ever see anyone score 50
7: goals in 50 games again in the NHL? Probably not. Probably not. Um, I think the closest thing right now is Austin Matthews. Like, by far, far and away, this guy is the best goal scorer on the planet. Like, obviously, I've been there since day one documenting and watching this guy. There's just nobody else like him. Like, Alex Ovechkin passed his prime. uh, Right now, for my money, the best goal scorer of all time. But I, I just think the goaltending these days and taking nothing away from some of the elite net miners back in Brett Hall's day, they're just. It's different. And I just think it's so much more different to play in this day and age. Although we're seeing records accomplished, we never thought would happen again. I just mentioned 70 goals. Like it's it's very, very realistic. But 50 and 50 is just so difficult. You talk about longevity, you talk about stability, consistency. Um, it just it's really, really hard. So I, I don't see it, but I, I would also add the caveat never say never with Austin Matthews. I truly do feel that way. Like this guy is a once in a generation type player when it comes to scoring there's nothing like it he makes it look so easy
3: looking at the futures market we have odds on favorites right now in every awards market except for the heart trophy does yeah. matthews sweep the heart and the rocket richard or or if not is there someone else who you think could win mvp
7: the rocket's done i, I think matthews has won it he's already like 10 goals up on reinhardt and company um the MVP award is so fascinating, and every time I'm asked about this award, it's important and imperative to bring up who votes on this award, and that's the PHWA, the Pro Hockey Writers Association. And believe it or not, there are narratives that underplay, and these are humans voting on this award that have no attachment to the award whatsoever, but I digress. Nikita Kucherov's already won this award a couple years back. Um, I think the two guys to watch for and taking nothing away from Kucherov are going to be Nathan McKinnon because he's never won this award. And then Austin Matthews, as mentioned, has made a charge as of late because nobody has hit 70 in 31 years, and you can't look past that. So I think it could come down to all three of those guys, as you mentioned, but my money would still be on Matthews. If he gets to 70, I just don't know how they can't give it to him, but McKinnon's having a great year as well.
3: Nick, you're awesome. Thanks for joining us.
7: My pleasure. Take care. Good
3: luck with your bets. That's Nick Alberga. Follow him on X at the Golden Muzzy. We're going to shift gears back to the NFL when we come back. Talking Combine with Eric Froton.
2: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host Stormy Bonatone on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription today. You'll get your first year for only 199 bucks instead of the typical price of 240. All you have to do is use our promo code LOMBARDI. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do for the entire year, including our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand, betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving every game, betting systems, premium analysis, 24/7 video access, Plus, our upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and round of the big dance. Remember, use that promo code Lombardi. Get to your first year of VEASAN Pro Access for one ninety nine. Sign up today, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Mike Somich and Stormy Bonantoni with you as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line on BeesON the sports betting network. Let's head out to Indy. Our guy, Eric Froton, out there right now, lead college football analyst, NBC Sports, Roto World, staying warm inside right now, which is good, Eric. Welcome in.
5: Absolutely. Doing my very best to stay warm and to, hey, bring you whatever I can with the sights and sounds here in Indy.
3: Yes, we appreciate it. And I know everybody wants to talk quarterbacks and we will. But today we got some big athletic guys getting after it. Defensive line, linebackers. Who's got a chance to really raise their stock this week from those groups?
5: Oh, gosh. Well, I think especially from the linebacker group, we do have kind of an unsettled top end. I Feel like is it going to be Peyton Wilson, who is a 6'5, 235 pound, kind of a long uh, off ball linebacker? Usually, you see six foot five guys, they're edge players, but no, Peyton Wilson, extremely athletic for that size. Um, or is it going to be uh Edgeran Cooper, you know, from Texas AM, another, you know, differently built, more compact, that 6'1, you 235, 240, real hitter. Um, Great with his fills when it comes to the run game. Also can cover, you know, is more of a complete linebacker or even potentially a Michigan linebacker, Junior Colson, you know, who we saw the national championship uh, award winning Wolverines. He was the heart and soul of the interior of that defense. So I would say those are the top three linebackers. And I think that, you know, between Wilson and Cooper, especially I want to see what they're running and the agility drills that they're going to be doing because they're both neck and neck for that number one linebacker spot.
4: All right, Eric, I'll shift this over to the quarterbacks and Stormy didn't leave Listen, leave with it there. Listen, I was trying there. to change <laughs>
3: things up a bit, OK? I get it. I get it. We
4: got to talk quarterbacks, though. We're not going to see some of the big guys work out at the combine. But if buzz was an iceberg right now, J.J. McCarthy's could sink the Titanic. Uh, we've heard, heard him go up to the top 15. Now, all of a sudden, there's some top 10 buzz around him. He is throwing later this week. What are you hearing about J.J. McCarthy there in Indianapolis?
5: Yeah, and you're right, Josh. His value has just been screaming. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, it was sort of McCarthy, Penix, Knicks in that second tier. Um, but then you saw Knicks and Penix, you know, not really have particularly good senior bowl performances. And that has really caused J.J. McCarthy, to be the bell of the ball here. And like you said, skyrocketing up draft boards. Frankly, I think it's kind of likely he lands in the top half of the first round right now with kind of the smoke. And the fact that there's going to be some quarterback-needy teams that are going to be left out of the dance. Denver, you know, what happens with Atlanta? You can even see as high as the Giants, they're desperate for a replacement for Danny Dimes. So uh, I do think you will see J.J. McCarthy go in the first half of this Uh, First round, and uh, if I had to take one, if I had to guess, I kind of think Denver. That's just the, the smoke that I'm feeling right now.
3: Interesting. Uh, Another guy that's been talked about in kind of opposite terms right now is Drake May. I heard Merrill Hodge have some strong comments about the off target misses inconsistent, said he's not extremely athletic. And then you hear other analysts who say he's Josh Allen 2.0 and he's got all the tools. And if Caleb Williams wasn't the top overall prospect in this year's draft, if it was anybody else, Drake May would be that can't miss guy. How do you view the UNC QB?
5: Well, with with all due respect to Mr. Merrill Hodge, he has been kind of the Grinch of this QB Christmas (laughs) season so far. Like, he doesn't like Caleb, he doesn't like Drake May. All right, Merrill, who do you like, sir? You know, respectfully. But that being said, uh, Drake May, it's not so much where he's at right now. He's 21 years old. You look at Jaden Daniels. This is a fifth-year QB who, for the first four years of his career, was fairly underwhelming. I don't think that's particularly a hot take. And put it all together, year five. Well, you got Drake May. He's a third-year entry, you know, and he is young. And in terms of his athleticism, man, his dad is a UNC program basketball legend. His brother played basketball at UNC. I am a basketball player, and I happen to believe that basketball players translate to any sport as well as any athlete. You will get all the best wide receivers. They have a basketball background, and that's what Drake May has too. You know, so I'm not worried about his athleticism. If you watch him run. He's absolutely navigates the pocket very well, nimble. And when you talk about his best trait, it's that cannon he's got on his shoulder. When you talk about deep ball passing rate, 20% of his attempts were deep shots. That was the fourth most in the Power Five. And he completed 47% of them. That's fifth in all of FBS. Okay, 33% of his downfield, th- downfield throws were considered big-time throws, one out of every three. All right, I know that he can throw downfield. Can he do the rest of it, you know, full, give a full picture, read the room, um, be able to see, you know, the defenses and be comfortable making that full, you know, uh, sideline to sideline progression, you know, that remains to be seen. He could clean up his footwork a little bit, but I think with the intangibles and the tools, he's simply too tantalizing to pass up on. I would take him as my QB two in this class.
4: It's wild to me how fast people forget he ran for over 600 yards last year at UNC just because of the athleticism around him at that quarterback position that's in this draft class. One of my favorite things at the combine is the burners, right? How fast can you go in that 40 yard dash right now? There's a prop plus 425. Will anyone break the record for the fastest 40 yard dash? We've got three absolute burners in this draft class. Xavier Woody, Nate Wiggins and Anthony gold. Does anyone knock off that record in the 40 yard dash this year?
5: Yeah, so we do have some absolute speedsters. However, you know, I wouldn't put Nate Wiggins quite in that category. Um, in fact, you know, he was listed originally. Since this is Veasan, this is a gambling network. If I'm not mistaken, rumor has it. <laughs> rumor has it. Uh, well, he was initially listed, um, you know, at a at a line that I I just simply could just wasn't comfortable with, and we've seen that completely shift. Uh, in the hours since it just opened yesterday, so in terms of the speed market, like Wiggins came out at four five five at his opening line, that was outrageously high for somebody we're talking about here, possibly being the fastest guy in the combine. You're gonna start out at four five five, that quickly plummeted. That is now even off the board. If I'm looking at it, you know, with uh, if I'm capping. Um, did a little yesterday. Xavier Worthy is absolutely, I think he's probably my favorite. You know, he had the highest score in terms of the miles per hour readings on the real analytics during the season. Um, There's also another player, Tyler Owens. You're going to want to be aware of. Uh, he is bigger. You know, he checked in at 207 at the Senior Bowl, but he was dropping like a chain-esque 100 meter times in high school. You know, he I think his personal best was 10:26. He was under 10:5, all over the place. Um, So he's certainly somebody I think right now is probably the odds on favorite to be the fastest. But at 207 pounds, I want somebody who's lighter. I like Anthony Gold, uh, you know, who is a 5'8", 170 uh, return man. He's fast, dynamic for for Oregon State. It's kind of easier for those guys to get going, you know, and ramp up. Do I think... It will be broken this year. I sincerely do not think that this record will be broken. Nobody in that rarefied air territory, I think probably Kalen Barnes of a couple of years ago from ETSA was the closest one, I think, had the best shot um, of recent guys. Uh, DJ Turner was a safety. He was the fastest last year. What I am looking at, I don't want anybody in that 205 to 207 range, which is the favorite in Owens. I want the lighter guys in Worthy around right that 180 mark, 170 for gold so I think he's pretty good maybe even roman wilson you know mm-hmm. was in that 180 range for michigan you know as a deep sleeper it was about I think you 16 to 1 to be the fastest player at the combine so that is kind of the strategy i'm taking in the overall big markets uh, i want to take the lighter guys as opposed to the favorite no ones fading the favorite Going for the lighter guys a little bit down the board, trying to chase some value.
3: I love it. And, and that Josh Ross record has stood pat for a couple of years now. 2017, that four two two. Last one here, about 90 seconds to go in this segment. Marvin Harrison Jr., is he still the best clear-cut non-QB available on the board? I know that there's been a little bit of love for Malik Neighbors and Roman Dunze creeping up. Is it Marvin Harrison or is it someone else?
5: Uh, I, I don't see how you can move off of a, a legacy pick like Marvin Harrison, 6'4", 205. And when you hear the players who played against him, what they talk about with him is not just his, his style his grace, his speed. It's his strength. They talk about how strong he is. You can't bump him off his routes. He's going to go through you, you know? So the fact that he has the kind of speed he does at the size he does, with the kind of leverage he plays with, the ability to separate at the the late stage of the route and track the ball, he's everything you want. That being said, I am a huge Malik Neighbors guy, the acceleration, right? The six-foot, 200-pound frame, it's that that separator. He can do it all. I'm a huge fan of Neighbors. Man, you can't... You can't move off of Marvin Harrison. Yeah. He is a generational prospect.
3: I'm just sad that he's not actually doing the workout. Like, that's the kind of stuff that makes me want to get into the Combine is seeing these guys, these stars perform. Eric, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of Combine week.
5: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
3: Eric Froton doing awesome work with NBC Sports, to World. Uh, but we're going to hit the break. When we come back, geez, this show has gone by quickly. Final <laughs> segment of the day and best bets for tonight.
2: This is the Lombardi
1: Line with former NFL
2: executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSet, the sports betting network.
3: This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if that first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook the crown is yours. We are wrapping up this Thursday edition of the Lombardi line presented by DraftKings alongside Mike Somich. Stormy Bonatoni with you. Time for our pro tip of the day as well, Mike. Uh, we had a great conversation regarding the NHL with Nick Albergo when he joined us a little bit earlier. And I thought he great, gave a great tip reminding us that the NHL's trade deadline is right around the corner next week. And you really have to monitor these lineups.
4: Yeah, this is a phenomenal tip because we do see these moves happen two, three, four, five days in front of the trade deadline in the NHL versus on the trade deadline. A lot of times when you see it in the NBA and these moves will happen a couple hours before game time. So you may place your bets expecting to have players in the lineup that end up not being in the lineup. So it's important to look at what teams are selling and who is on the trade block and make sure that before you place your bet, Everyone is actually going to be playing in that game, which sounds kind of silly, but being aware of this can make a big difference. The Calgary Flames, the St. Louis Blues, two teams that I expect to be sellers at the deadline, that their lineup could change drastically from 10 a.m. to the 4 p.m. drop puck drop. So make sure you're aware of who is actually in the lineup here leading up to the trade deadline in the NHL.
3: Pro tips, free daily betting tips every single day available on vison.com You can search them by show and by sport. And, and let's stick with the theme of the NHL because yesterday we had a good show win. Rangers puck line coming through for us. What about tonight? What is your favorite bet in the National Hockey League tonight?
4: Well, I am. I'm going to take a huge plus money price here. Um, give me the Nashville Predators. We're okay. going to lay the goal and a half with them tonight. This is a team that we, we heard earlier when Nick was on. He was talking about how teams who need to get points and how they've responded in those situations. The Nashville Predators have responded tenfold since needing to get points. They are going on. They're on a streak right now, ripping off six straight games, winning by two goals or more tonight. They're slight favorites at home against the Minnesota Wild. Give me the puck line here. I'm going to lay a goal and a half with the Predators at home, plus 205. So big time plus money here. I think they keep this streak rolling. They're playing their best hockey of the year right now. That continues tonight against Minnesota. So we're going to take a big plus 205 number on the puck line with the Preds.
3: Yeah, those scores, 5-2, 5-3, 4-1, 4-2, 4-2, 4-1. Their most recent game against Ottawa on Tuesday. I love it. Um, I thought it was interesting the perspective that Nick had on Vegas at Boston coming up tonight because he said he loved that 3-1 3-1 to one price on just there to be overtime. The the Bruins have been an overtime shootout special lately. Five, what is it? No, six straight games. Seven of their last nine. Um, Of those last six, they're only two and four straight up in those games as well. I know that the Golden Knights have struggled lately. They had a bad stretch, but they really bounced back against the Leafs the other day. A 6-2 win in Toronto. I think they got a little bit of confidence back, so I am going to roll with the plus 136 on the Golden Knights. And I've got a little intrigue now on this potentially being an overtime game because the Bruins are just doing it every single night.
4: Uh, if you're going to overtime, you want the dog. Plus 136, not a bad number to have, especially for the Golden Knights, who are a very good three-on-three hockey team. We've also had 14 overtime losses so far for the Boston Bruins here this year. So I don't hate the look to the dog here if you think this game's going to be tight late.
3: He also had a bet on Austin Matthews to have an anytime goal minus 130 against the Coyotes going back to his home in Arizona. The Coyotes have not won a game since January 22nd. So uh, I could (laughs) see that defense being a little problematic. And Austin Matthews, who has been held off the, the score sheet, getting the puck in the back of the net two straight games after he had 10 goals in five games. But I don't have any play in that game. And if you want to give your sell once again for the Red Wings, have at it.
4: Yeah. To me, this is a Red Wings team. that's just a different team in the last 10 games. We've seen their offense really start to light it up. Patrick Kane really get integrated into the lineup and play better. Larkins look better to look better. Uh, I, this is a Red Wings team that I want to bet on right now. I thought this game should be about minus 130. Right now you're getting minus 108 on the Red Wings. Uh, Nick was on the other side. He liked the Islanders understand why, but I think the Red Wings are the right side here, especially at this price.
3: You have six plays coming up in college <laughs> hoops tonight. <laughs> What are we going to, wh- where are we going? What's your favorite college basketball bet first? Let's start there. Oh,
4: favorite bet of the night is laying the wood with College of Charleston tonight. They're okay. 15 and a half point favorites. Against the uh, they're, Camels. Taking on, they're taking on Campbell, but you know what? We talked about this earlier. Campbell rushed the court last time. They beat UNC Wilmington at home in double overtime. Very emotional win. Now they got to go on the road. And take on the Cougars here. I think the Cougars get the job done and cover easily. They played once at Campbell already this season. Charleston won by 23 points in that game. Campbell shot 47% from three-point range and still lost by 23 points. I think it's a <laughs> blowout tonight for Charleston.
3: You hear that, right? They rush the court, not against UNC, against UNCW. UNC- so let's, just, yeah. let's <laughs> make sure we we throw that out there. Uh, okay, where, where else are we going tonight on the college hoop slate?
4: Uh, Go to my my mom's hometown here. We're going to go to Binghamton and take Binghamton over Maine. This is a rematch of a game earlier in the season. Binghamton won 51 to 50 at Maine. They're at home now. They shot 10% from three in that game and won 51 to 50. They shoot significantly better at home. Give me Binghamton lay in the three and a half. Also going to lay in the three and a half with Elon tonight. Uh, They're taking on William and Mary. William and Mary started in conference two and one. They're one and twelve in conference mm-hmm. since. Uh, this is another revenge game here. I think Elon be able to get the job done at home. If you look at William Mary's losses, none of them are close. They're losing by double digits in most of these games. So we'll lay the three and a half with Elon as well.
3: And I don't want to like lose this thunder that we're going on right now. Idaho on the money line tonight as well. <laughs> yeah.
4: Why not take a little Idaho, right? Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> This Idaho <laughs> team is taking on Montana State. And, and this was a situation where Montana State on the road, just a different team. Uh, they have not played well at all. Montana State outshot Idaho in the first game. Uh, I don't think they're going to see that situation happen again here. Idaho was better at the rim. Montana State just two conference road wins so far this season. You can lay the run one and a half, get minus 108. I went to the money line with 115 with Idaho today. Uh, Another one I like, we're going to take a dog here in Omaha, catching seven and a half in this spot. They beat, uh, they won at home in a rematch spot here. They won 69 to 65 at home. Now we're on the road, but I think the seven and a half is too big of an adjustment. They've lost by two, by three, and by five against the best teams in conference. St. Thomas, Minnesota, not one of those best teams. I think Omaha with the points here is the play. I would sprinkle the money line to a plus 270, but I like the plus seven and a half more.
3: Love that. That's always fun when you can do it. Now, no shade to any of these teams, but a lot of these are on ESPN plus. They're hard to watch. We do have three games on national television. You know what? I was going to say three and I was going to lead into this Pac-12 game, but it's on Pac-12 network. So only so so many people have that to begin with as well. Uh, But I know you like Washington State, number 19 ranked team in the country. They're taking on USC tonight. Those Trojans have struggled. Why do you like laying the number?
4: Uh, To me, this is just a great situational spot for Washington State. They beat Arizona on the road. Then they go to Arizona State. We see the letdown game in Arizona State. They lose there. Now they're headed back home where they're very good at home. And with USC, it's the exact opposite story. Look, they have not won. They've won one game in conference on the road all season. That was at UCLA last game. That, in a lot of ways, was their Super Bowl. This isn't a USC team that's going to make the tournament. That was a big game for them to win. They got that W. Now they've got to travel up to Pullman. So you've got two teams with, with differing motivation here. I think you're going to see the best possible effort from Washington State. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of sluggish effort here from USC. So I'm happy to lay the seven here at home with Washington State.
3: I might have to tell you on that one, I don't have any college hoops in pocket tonight. I do have what I'm calling a feel-free-to-judge-me teaser in the NBA. <laughs> um, I brought the Hawks. Up to five and a half uh against the Nets tonight in Brooklyn. I just I feel like the Nets are terrible. And but you as you said earlier. Maybe it's just whenever I fade the Nets that that's when they play well, because that's obviously what happened against the Memphis Grizzlies the other day. So if you want to fade me, feel free. I won't mind it at all. Current spread on the game is sitting one. Um, But I think that the Hawks should be able to handle the Nets. I have them on the money line, and then I have them a part of this teaser. And then I also brought the Thunder down from 11 to minus seven in a four point teaser here. They're taking on the Spurs. It's a 40 plus win team against an 11 win team. I think it's just a very clear advantage here. And the Thunder haven't just been winning, they've been blowing people out. I just wanted to give myself a little wiggle room and comfort bringing down the double digits
4: Yeah, they've just been destroying the state of Texas back to back wins over Houston and covers. Now they get San Antonio a nice little stretch for the 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 thunder here in this schedule. Uh, I kind of like the over a little bit there. I don't have it in the account, but 238. I would lean toward the over the other game. We haven't talked about this segment, but I think is going to end up in the account is Denver. I'm going to lay the five. I've laid the four and a half a little bit. I I put a half unit on earlier in the show. I'm tempted to lay the five as well. The number screams that there might be an issue with Jokic in this game. It is a back to back for Denver, Uh, but this is a tough spot for the heat as well there. This is going to be their fourth game game in three nights, all on the West Coast, all on the road, and it culminates in playing in one of the toughest arenas in the NBA to play in. So lean toward the Nuggets here tonight as well. Like I said, I have a half unit in already waiting to hear the official word on Jokic. If he's in, I'm happy to lay the five.
3: I lean that side as well. I know you fired in a commercial break on that four and a half. Uh, And then the other marquee game tonight on TNT, the Warriors at the Knicks Golden State laying four and a half right now, total 222. Warriors have just been playing really good basketball lately, 110 of their last 12. The Knicks 12 and 22 against teams over five They've been dealing with a lot of injury concerns. I just feel like that could be Golden State's night also.
4: Yeah, you got to watch this Knicks lineup. They didn't have Brunson. They didn't have Randall. They didn't have Ananobi last game. You got to understand who is going to be in, who's going to be out before you want to put a Knicks ticket in there. To me, it's Warriors or pass at this point, but I haven't bet it.
3: Fun show today. I feel like this went by like the speed of light. You are awesome and we're going to link up again this weekend on Saturday on the handle. So, now that I, you know, I've taken your services, now you have to put up with me even more. So, I apologize in advance. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us over the last 2 hours. Good luck with your bets. We got sharp money coming up next on Sin.